Thanks for tuning in to Witch Wednesdays with Steph for a chat about a new witchcraft topic every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. This is Steph, and you are listening to episode 79, Reversing a Spell. I think this is something that happens to all witches at some point in their magical practice, that we cast a spell and are waiting for the results, and for whatever reason, we just wish we could take it all back. It always happens at some point. I know every single witch I have talked to has felt this way, that we feel like we have all of the details ready to go, and suddenly it feels like all wrong. And spell regret happens to the best of us. And I think it's just a part of the learning process. And as you get more advanced and try different things, um, there's just going to be mistakes made. That's what happens because we are all human and that's what we do. (laughs) So when a spell goes wrong or you want to take it back for whatever reason, um, that is when you need to know how to reverse your spell. I think it's an important tool to have and just to know that you can take some things back. So first of all, why would you even want to reverse a spell? Because there are a few different reasons for this. There are probably two main ones, I would say. The first being unwanted results. Things just might not come out right. There are certain spells that are a little more tricky and difficult. Um, you know, weight loss spells are one of them that can be very tricky. Uh, money spells are another one um, that you have to be really specific with. And uh, doing any of those can lead to unwanted results. For example, um, we've talked about the uh, money issue before that you cast a money spell and then finding you know a couple pennies on the ground would consider that spell complete and that's not what you intended. You could also cast you know a weight loss spell about you know eating healthier or something like that and then you end up getting food poisoning instead. Or of course the biggest one is placing some sort of hex or jinx on somebody else you intended for it to just be small because they had bothered you in you know some way and then it turns it spirals into something way bigger than you intended so for whatever reason there could be a lot of unwanted results from your spell in which case it would be time to reverse it and the the second reason that you would want to reverse a spell is just because it's no longer needed there are a lot of more mundane reasons for un doing a spell and perhaps like, you know, the spell has simply run its course and it's time to, you know, put an end to it. Healing spells are like that. If you've already uh, done the work and it's healed at that point, it could just be draining your energy. Since the injury is already healed, then you might want to end that spell so it doesn't keep draining your energy. And maybe, you want to take down a ward that you put over your house, some sort of protection or something, so you can uh, build a better one. There's a lot of reasons that you might want to just get rid of an old spell because you are done with it. So those are the two main reasons, unwanted results and no longer needing the spell. So if you want to reverse a spell for whatever reason, you have to start by taking stock of what you have related to that spell. Do you have any of the remnants 
of the materials used to cast that spell. Do you have any notes that you took on that spell casting or any you know journal entries or anything about the results or do you just have nothing? What you have in terms of these items will help you decide what kind of reversing process to use because there are a few different ways to reverse a spell but you have to you know consider these options carefully because doing it ineffectively can make it even more difficult going forward. So you want to choose the right method and choosing the right method is going to depend on what you have left over from that spell. So the first most straightforward way is to burn the remnants of the spell. It's pretty straightforward unless the spell was cast with fire. So that is the main thing. If you used fire to cast a spell, if it was, you know, a candle spell, then more fire is just going to make it stronger. So if you cast a spell with fire, that is, this is not an option for you. But um, any other type of spell can be broken by burning the remnants of that spell. But of course, the biggest caveat to this is that you have to have the remnants. So you have to be good at keeping and labeling all of your spell remains, or you're going to have a pretty tough time with this method. Because if you don't have anything to burn, then this isn't the method for you. So for anyone who does keep those spell remains, then the process is pretty simple. You just light everything on fire. Again, refer to the last episode, fire safety always. Um, And if you want to, you can say some sort of incantation or um, add a little bit of an herb that will cancel out the energy of the spell. Use an herb that means the exact opposite, but those are optional steps. All you have to do is just burn the remnants. Um, And of course, nothing dangerous should be burnt. You can't put plastic in a fire and you have to be careful uh, heating glass because it could explode, all of those things. So just, you know, fire safety and obviously don't um, burn any herbs that are going to be harmful when you inhale the smoke. This can be problematic when um, you are trying to reverse some sort of hex or jinx that you put on somebody else because those kind tend to use uh, harmful herbs in that they burn, they are poisonous, all of those things. So you don't want to be burning those and then inhaling the smoke from that. So you have to be really careful. But that is the main method is to burn the remnants. Another method for reversing a spell is called countercasting. So if you know exactly how the spell was cast, then you can cast a spell to cancel out the first one. But of course, for this, then detailed notes on the original spell are necessary because none of us have a flawless memory and can remember every part of the spell from, you know, the words and the tools and all the ingredients that you used and the order in which you use them and all of those things. You you need to be able to recall those perfectly to be able to cancel out all of the, you know, moving parts of the spell. And that is where a Book of Shadows or Grimoire comes in handy so you can have these detailed, you know, step-by-step things. So in order to do this countercasting, you have to take note of every element of the spell. Did you use words, herbs, tools, um, a certain time of day, a certain moon phase? Um, Did you meditate? Were you using visualization? Uh, What kind of spell was it? All of those things you have to have detailed 
notes of. So once you've listed out every single detail of the spell, then you can cancel each item out. So if you used an herb in your spell, then you want to find an herb that holds the exact opposite energy. If you used fire in the original spell, then you would use water in the counter spell. If you said some sort of spoken incantation, then use a new incantation to cancel out the first one. And then if you meditated, you want to create a new meditation to focus the energy in the opposite direction. So the important thing is that all of the elements that you use in the original spell hold a pretty precise opposite energy. And you want that's why you want to have all of these details because fire won't cancer, cancel out a spell cast with earth. And herbs have their own pretty specific correspondences, so you need to get really specific with each detail. So just take your list of your opposites and construct your own new ritual out of them. It's basically working your original spell in reverse with these opposite elements to create that sort of counterspell. The third method for reversing a spell is called redirecting a spell. And this is a good way to handle reversing a spell when you do not have all of the details necessary for countercasting or all of the supplies necessary for burning the remnants. And with this method, you will be creating a puppet to take the place of your original spell's target. There is an entire episode in last season, later in 2020, uh, that was completely on dolls, puppets, and tag locks. So if you need a refresher on that, definitely go listen to that episode first to get the basics down. And then to use it as a redirect, um, to use it most effectively, you're definitely going to need a tag lock. And as we talked about in that episode, that's just something that ties a person to a spell, uh, such as a lock of hair or um, a toothpick they chewed on, something that is personal to them, maybe like a button that came off of one of their shirts, something like that, that will then tie that spell to that specific person, which allows you to take the original spell that you cast against them. And instead of canceling it out altogether, it simply redirects it to somewhere that it can't do any harm. And of course, there are many, many methods for poppet making. We went over all of that in that episode. Um, there's cloth dolls, corn husks, paper, clay, wax. Any method that you are comfortable with will still work for redirecting a spell. And just make sure that the tag lock is incorporated into the poppet in some way. So that way the doll can then take their essence and become that substitute energetically for that person. And then in order to redirect the energy, you just need to hold what's called a naming ritual, which is you know setting up the altar if you like, casting a circle if you like, and then um, having the puppet materials and at least two candles. So you have your ceremony with the casting of the circle, you light the candles, um, one on your left and one on your right, and then make the poppet focusing the intent of the original spell back into your reach um, and then into the poppet 
as you are inserting the tag lock and creating the poppet, just draw that energy from that original spell intention, draw it back into you. And then once the poppet is made, place it in the center of your altar, hold your hands above it, and call into your mind the image of the person whose place it's going to be taking. And I know a lot of people have reached out and said that they're not a visualized visual person and they have a hard time visualizing. You can also, um, in that instance, think of like the sound of their voice or how their energy feels or how they smell. A lot of people do not have that ability to see a person in their mind's eye and really like visualize that person. So you can use one of those other methods instead. Just side note. (laughs) Uh, And then when you have the image in your mind, recite uh, the incantation over the poppet seven times and raise your voice with each repetition until you're speaking uh, pretty loudly and just name the poppet. So the incantation is just, I name you blank. So in that blank, you would insert. So if it was, you know, let's just use my name, for example, then I name you Stephanie. Stephanie is who you are and who you shall be forevermore. So that is what a naming ceremony is for that poppet. And then once you are finished with that ritual, that poppet will now be the new target of that spell that you cast. So close the circle, place the poppet someplace safe. That's usually in a box by itself, like hidden away in a closet for one entire moon cycle. And then at the end of the moon cycle, dispose of the poppet by, you know, burying, burning, breaking it, whatever is appropriate for the kind of material that you used. So that is how you redirect a spell into a poppet. And I will have those steps over on whichwednesdays.com and over on Patreon just to give you a refresher. And this can be used when, you know, it's for yourself, if you cast a spell on yourself that you want to redirect into that poppet. But it is the most useful when you are trying to redirect a spell that you cast on somebody else. So again, if you cast something that is more um, negative in nature, some sort of hex or jinx, and you just want to take it back, then you are redirecting then that um, baneful energy into that poppet instead. But it can also be for any number of other spells. Perhaps you cast a healing spell on your friend who maybe broke their ankle and now their ankle is healed, then having that energy out there can actually be draining to both of you to continue to send healing energy when the intention was to heal the ankle and it's already healed. Uh, Then redirecting that energy into the poppet so then it has a place to uh, die, essentially. (laughs) Um, But a place to just come to an end uh, can be really helpful and stop being such a drain on both of you. So redirecting into a poppet is a great way to reverse a spell. And the last thing I wanted to mention is the idea of a temporary pause. So this isn't the ideal method because it's not actually reversing a spell, but it can be useful to stop the effects of a spell while you figure out a more permanent way to get rid of it. And this is used when it's sort of a dire situation and the target is in imminent harm And this method sort of gives you a few more days to gather supplies rather than being a permanent solution. So just remember that this should always be followed by a more effective spell. This just gives you a few more days to get, you know, sort of everything in order. So this isn't 
for reversing things like the, you know, health and healing spells. This is for when you sent out some sort of, you know, baneful energy and the target is in imminent danger that something catastrophic that you do not want to happen anymore could happen within the next day or two. You are putting a pause on that while you figure out a more permanent solution to completely draw that spell back. So what you need for a temporary pause is your freezer, a square slip of paper and a red pen, black pepper, which is used for binding, water, and then a small container to freeze everything in. So what you're going to do is take the slip of paper and on one side of it, write the name of the original target in that red pen. And then on the other side, write the intention of the spell that you cast that you now need to pause. Fold all four corners of the paper inward so it covers the intention of the spell and makes kind of like a little envelope. And then into this envelope, place that pinch of black pepper. And then put the envelope and its contents into the bottom of the container, fill it with water, and place the entire thing into the freezer. And that will give you about you know three to five days to figure out a better solution. And again, that list of what to do in the ingredients will be over on witchwednesdays.com. So if you need to do this temporary pause, you can find all of those steps over there. And I did want to touch on something that is common, but I think should not be done. And that is reflecting the spell. Spell reflection is kind of the knee-jerk reaction of witches when it comes to sort of nastier spells. And that just means that you are bouncing the energy of the spell back on the caster, but you are the caster. So unless you really want the effects of the spell and want them for yourself, you definitely don't want to do this. And I'm guessing that is not the case if you are trying to, you know, reverse a spell and stop, you know, something happening to someone else. You probably don't want it for yourself. So if you are the caster, you really do not want to use reflecting a spell in as a way to reverse it. Um, re- reflecting a spell would be great if, you know, somebody else is sending out an attack on you and then you are reflecting everything back directly on them. But if you are the caster trying to reverse something that you did, don't turn to spell reflection as an option. And the last thing I want to touch on is the idea of spell remains in general, because we have an episode on that of how to properly dispose of spell remains. Uh, That was in last season towards the end of 2020. If you want to check that out, because there are lots of ways to get rid of them and lots of reasons why you should. We don't want to hold on to spell remains forever. And many witches dispose of spell remnants immediately. And I do this too, because for many spells, it's perfectly fine. Um, you know, the cleansings, of course, cleansing the house and anything sort of run of the mill, like banishing or something that you do regularly have done before and done, you know, with success and don't have really any ideas of how it could go wrong or why you might want to reverse it, then those items don't really need to be kept. But many other spells, you need to have like a little bit of consideration when it comes to keeping the remnants. If it could possibly go badly, then you should replace all of the remnants into 
you know, an envelope or a jar and label it with the spell name and the date and then keep it for at least one lunar cycle. Uh, if it hasn't come to fruition, you can definitely keep it longer, but you want to observe the effects of the spell before disposing of the remains. And if you can't keep them or if there are no remnants to keep, then you want to keep extremely detailed notes about the spell. That just gives you another way to undo a you know, botched spell, um, prevent any collateral damage or anything like that. So that is where Books of Shadows and Grimoires come in really handy to just have all of those notes in one place. And of course, you know, this is just a precaution. Most spells will not need to be reversed, but in the event that it does, you're going to be happy that you kept the remnants because there's just gives you more options. And there are a few that you should always keep the remnants for because they just have a tendency to have unintended consequences or to go badly. They're just trickier in general. And there are so many reasons why you might want to reverse these type of spells. So just keep in mind that you should always keep the remnants for love spells, healing spells, prosperity or job spells, curses, hexes, of course, weight loss spells, mental health related spells, and generally spells that you do for yourself or on yourself because we tend to do those you know as we need them in the heat of the moment and uh, our lives really ebb and flow that maybe in the next week you really just don't need it anymore or don't like how the way it worked out on yourself so just keeping those things around um, for spells that you cast on yourself can be really helpful but Again, I personally don't keep the remnants of things that I do regularly that I have done many times in the past and I'm sure of how they work. But when I am trying out a new spell or uh, casting a spell for or on somebody else, I always keep those remnants just because you never know how it's going to go. And I keep detailed notes in my book of shadows, especially if it's like something brand new. I write down everything I can possibly think of that would be relevant, every sort of step, all the ingredients, everything like that, uh, just so I have all of that information. And I think at some point I'm going to do a book of shadows like tour and flip through or whatever over on Instagram. I keep meaning to do it, but it's just one of those things where it's like never perfect and never done. That's just kind of how they are. And I just can never get myself to film something like that. It's like perfectionist tendencies, but I do share my planner over on Patreon and on YouTube. And in that I have like a ritual each week and that I like write down in the bottom of the planner and give some notes on that. So if you're just like looking for ideas of kind of like the things that I keep records of, then you might want to check out those videos just so you can see the what I consider important in my own practice to keep notes on and things like that. But obviously for you, it might be different. But if you have any questions about reversing a spell or if you need some more options, none of these on the list work for you, then definitely reach out. You can send an email to witchwednesdays at gmail.com or definitely reach out on the Discord server that is linked on the website and through Instagram. 
and the Discord server is free to join. There's tons of other witches to talk to. It's a huge, uh, very friendly community that's super helpful. There are beginner witches, but there's also more advanced practitioners who you know specialize in lots of different uh, areas of witchcraft, and I'm sure they all have their own ways of reversing spells and different things that they keep different remnants that they different spells that they keep remnants for and can offer advice for beginner witches if they have any questions about what they should be keeping or if they need any more ideas of how to reverse a very particular type of spell or anything like that then definitely head over to that discord server because they're very helpful over there i really like the community i jump in occasionally but for the most part you guys all take it away and chat with each other and make friends and i love that <laughs> But if you have any questions specifically for me, definitely reach out Instagram, email, anything like that. Leave a comment on the website. I am always over there. And the place you can find me, of course, most easily is Patreon. I respond there right away. Patrons have priority over everything else. And beginning of the month is the best time to join over on Patreon. So be sure to sign up tomorrow. I think that's the first day of the month. Um, but that is the best time and you get tons and tons of information over additional information over there. And that is all I have for you this week for uh, reversing a spell. So next week I am going to have witch travel uh, with a special guest. So I will see you then. Need even more witchcraft? Subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus content three times a week and order Sabbat boxes and other supplies at witchwednesdays.com. Be sure to follow on Instagram at witchwednesdays podcast.